Hey, I'm John Luke. I'm so glad to be on the podcast this week. Can't wait to interview my friend Chris McCarney. We met two years ago and we haven't talked in a long time, so I think we're going to have a really good conversation. Chris McCarney is a worship leader, songwriter, he's part of Jesus Culture. He's done a lot of amazing things. So we're going to talk about all that and who knows what else. Honestly, it could go any direction. How are you? I'm doing amazing. How are you doing? Good. So good. So it's been... I haven't seen you in forever. Yeah. Yeah. Two years since we've talked. Something like that. At least. Yeah. Yeah. At least. At least. And... And that was like the most fun tour ever. I distinctly remember you dressing up like Waldo uh, uh-huh. during Q and A time. <laughs> yeah. So we and I first... dressed up like a dinosaur. <laughs> there was yeah the the amount of costumes that we that we went through <laughs> in twenty four days. Like I don't even know we didn't even have time to get them. They just kept like showing up. Right. <laughs> Waldo costumes. There was a bear at some point. I just kept telling my wife to order costumes off Amazon. And every every weekend when we go home for a couple of days, I'd get uh, new costumes. <laughs> so funny. So, okay. So we met for the audience here. So we met at Live Original Tour. I guess that was three years ago. Gosh, yeah. And, and then I did one stint on the next tour, so we got to hang right. out for mm-hmm. like one weekend. Right, right. Um, man, such good times because that was, <laughs> and I learned. I feel like I learned a lot from you because I hadn't really, you know, been on tour, and yeah. so you were. I felt like you were like my, like mentor, friend. Yeah, your fellow father, seven on tour. <laughs> oh yeah fellow seven how much yeah how many hours you we we spent talking about the enneagram (laughs) so many well i think it's because sevens are just innately super proud of being sevens yeah so whenever we find another one we're like let's talk about how cool we are (laughs) Uh yeah (laughs) yeah that was the whole talk because everyone was like we want to be sevens. We want to be sevens. We're like, no, it's not. We're not yeah. saying sevens is the best number. We just don't want to be anything but, else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but all then the we, other numbers are great. I uh, love all the other numbers. Uh huh. Yeah. Except yeah. for eights, because they're mean. Uh huh. Yeah. I don't like eights. They're yeah. mean. <laughs> well, we bonded over our avoidance of eights. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> our our love of twos and avoidance of eights. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I love. I actually love nines too. They're always a good hang. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. They're just good audiences. Yes. For... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what you said. Every because that's what we found. Like everyone wants to be a seven until you know we just self destruct. Oh yeah. I yeah, mean. Yeah. Cause like you do so good, and then you, we, you know, we once we hit that candy, and uh, sugar, sweets, cookies, oh, like yeah. oh, we would just destroy some sweets. <laughs> oh man, remember? I think we got the largest candy bar you can buy. Didn't we buy the <laughs> biggest Snickers bar like, ever at a gas station? Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it was massive. I mean, we're talking oh. like. 
<laughs> it was long. Like, actually the size of my arm. Yes. Like, legitimately <laughs> like a log <laughs> of Snicker Bar. <laughs> that we went through in, like, two nights, probably. Yeah, maybe not even that. <laughs> yeah, maybe not even that. <laughs> we started to, like, cut it up, but then it was, like, the knife, it was too, like, tough for the knife to cut into pieces, so then we started just, like... Yes just shoving it into our mouths. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. So, so what does it look like for you when you hit that wall? Like what happens? So like, for, I know what happens to me, but yeah, fellow seven to seven. Well, it like sevens is like, you have that high energy and then it just gets like, so it just is like the fun just builds and builds and builds and builds. And then you just like, consume and then you hit that like delirious stage of just like mm -hmm. everything's funny and you just have no clue what's going on at that point and then it's and then all of a sudden it's just just black you just eventually we would just sneak away and i think that's yes. the move of a seven two it's like you go and then you just, just. back out slip into your bunk and yeah. just call it a day <laughs> Because there's there's yeah. no there's no starts or stops. It just no, it's just fun. Uh -huh. As much fun as you can handle, and then you're like, I need to rest. Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> My let's... big thing is when 2020 hit. Uh huh. Uh, I actually, I never experienced that kind of like not hanging out with anybody ever thing. Yeah. And it like, I I actually had a panic attack. <laughs> And I just didn't know what it was. I yeah. thought I was dying. I ended up at the hospital. Yeah. And it was only because never in my life had I experienced like that kind of like trauma of not being around people. Yeah. I just missed it. Did you, how did, how did 2020 do for you like that? Um, yeah, it was wild. Like we, once it started in March, like Mary Kate and I, we were totally quarantined. But once May hit, we um, we still thought we were going to have camp. And so we brought in our full staff oh, no. to camp. And uh, so we had, we started oh. like 50 college kids. We did COVID tests like every two weeks. And someone in our staff got COVID. So we had to shut oh, down no. for the month of uh, July. And, but, so we were all exposed. So we had to stay at camp. So we... We spent five weeks, Mary-Kate and I, 25 college kids, and our two seven-year-old cooks just at camp quarantined just us every day. Wow. So Was it fun? Yeah. The it kind of sounds fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, well, so we had all the food that we were going to give the campers, and we yeah. had all, like, the theme nights, party decorations, everything like that. <laughs> so we had full-out themed parties just with us Amazing. every night. But then, like, first week, we were, like, doing that, staying up late. And then, like, second week, it was, like, started going to bed a little earlier, sleeping in, and then, like, <laughs> but still, like, everyone's excited. Then, like, third yeah. week, it was, like, all right, like, we're starting to... <laughs> starting to get to know each other and then like by the fifth week it was like a ghost town like we would like we all oh had our gosh. little spaces that we were like <laughs> routine <laughs> oh, like, we know you each went other too hard way too, quick. too we know each other way too well at this point oh dude <laughs> oh man 
that's the worst for guys like us that uh-huh. are cool the whole way through. Uh-huh. But when everybody starts fighting at like week two, uh-huh. it's like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. But we got so many things done. Like we film podcasts, videos, we fix things. Amazing. Like, we, any project that we could think of, we just like did it. Which was that That's was a lot awesome. of fun. Yeah. Spring is a great time to start something new, right? So whether it's cleaning or a new hobby or a new audiobook, a good story is always a great way to start a new journey and Audible has all that you need. I come from a family of great storytellers, so I know Audible is the home of storytelling, which is where I want to be. Audible lets you enjoy all your favorite audio entertainment together in one app. There's always something new to discover or you can rediscover some of your old favorites. Audible has an incredible selection of audiobooks from every genre like bestseller, new releases, memoirs, mysteries, and thrillers, business, and more. It is the destination for mind-blowing entertainment with selections of mystery and thrillers that will keep your heart racing. And with next listen recommendations, there's always something irresistible at your fingertips. Plus, members get full access to a huge and growing selection of included audiobooks and audible originals and even podcasts like, well, that's good. So you can download them or stream them anytime, anywhere. Audible members can also pick one title each month to keep from the entire catalog, which is some serious benefits, y'all. The newly included selection of titles makes your Audible membership even more valuable and gives you the chance to discover your next favorite thing. With thousands of titles available, you're definitely going to find something that you love all in one convenient app. So I know some of you are into, you know, thrillers, crime, mystery. And I got to be honest, that's not really been my thing. So I told Bella, okay, Bella, tell me what I could like listen to that wouldn't scare me, but I would like be into it. And she told me about this title called The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. And so I started it and John Luke loved it too. And so I'm just now on the cusp of it. And y'all, let me tell you, it is very entertaining. You do want to listen to see what happened next. So if y'all are into that, Audible is a great place to find those too. New members can try Audible now for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash Woe or just text Woe to 500 500. That's audible, A U D I B L E dot com slash Woe or text Woe to 500 500 to try Audible for free for 30 days. Y'all, I love summertime. It is my favorite season and I'm so excited to jump back in. We are approaching the best time of the year. But no matter what your summer looks like, KiwiCo invites kids and kids at heart to enjoy their first summer adventure series. Kids can receive six hands-on science and art project kits over six weeks, no matter what their age is, with enriching activities that accompany each project. KiwiCo has something for everyone with different topics for each age from space to dinosaurs and so much more. I am so excited about the summer series. We actually are getting this little driver that I know Haven is going to love because it's a little steering wheel and she loves anything active and also a little like neighborhood fun one where they have a water paint thing, which is so good because it's not going to make a mess and Honey is so into painting right now. And painting with a three-year-old, yeah, that's just hard. So I'm excited for the no mess. KiwiCo offers kids a chance to get outside and explore screen-free with projects like the Bottle Rocket Kit from the Summer Adventure Series. They can turn the outdoors into a playground of learning and fun. Every Summer Adventure Series with KiwiCo is a personalized experience that includes real engineering, science, and art projects. And you'll be impressed with how high-quality 
all the materials are. Everything we've gotten from KiwiCo has been absolutely amazing and such high quality. I know sometimes it can be hard to find creative, engaging ways to keep your kids away from the screens and just having fun, but KiwiCo does the legwork for you so you can focus on spending fun and quality time tackling projects together. The KiwiCo Summer Adventure Series is personalized to your family and can be received all at once or weekly for six weeks depending on your schedule. If you like it all at once, that's great, or space it out a little bit. Build the best summer ever with KiwiCo. Get 20% off your summer adventure series at kiwico.com slash Sadie Rob Summer. That's 20% off your summer adventure at kiwico, K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash Sadie Rob Summer. Then this year, are you able to do camp? Yeah, so we're doing camp right now, full swing. It's awesome. Dude! Yeah. Is that where you're at right now? Or are you at camp? Yeah, I just left 105-year-olds to come here and talk to, <laughs> talk to you right now. Real. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy. It's so much fun. So much fun. What, um, yeah, what, what was that like? Like, because you were really, did you do, like, the really quarantine thing? And, like, what was it like? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, actually, my daughter got uh, COVID like the week it showed up in the U.S. She yeah. was on a trip to New York on a school trip. Mm-hmm. And so her teacher got sick and then she got sick. Uh, but they wouldn't even test people back then. They were yeah. they were like, uh, only bring in old people. We don't have enough tests. And, uh-huh. um, so they basically made us stay in our house. Yeah. And not talk to anybody. People had to drop stuff off at our yeah. door. And we did that for three weeks or 21 days or something. That was still mm-hmm. back when they were like, I don't know how long it lasts. Just yeah. stay away. Yeah. Um, so we did that. And then we did, we actually did a really good job uh, with church and everything. Mm-hmm. I just, we live real close to church. I'd walk yeah. over to church and we'd cool. record uh, services and yeah. Um, but it was just killing me slowly because you couldn't hang out afterwards. It mm-hmm. was like, yeah, like it, like I would get to see people for an hour at a time or two hours at a time. And uh-huh. I just have too many stories to fill up only one or two hours, <laughs> uh-huh. especially yeah, when you're trying to worship and stuff. How do you fill the rest of your time? Like- yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you have- exactly. <laughs> Uh, I get I get real bad if I get bored. I'll uh, go into like just play games on my phone all day mm-hmm. or just watch TV. And I could do that like indefinitely. Yeah. I feel like it's how I maintain sanity. Uh-huh. But everything around me is crumbling. My wife's mad. I don't I seem to not care about anything. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I'm just trying to survive, babe. <laughs> Playing <laughs> playing stupid games on my phone it's like going into hibernation mode it's like you can't oh, yeah. you just have to turn it off until you can turn it back on <laughs> yeah that's so funny oh gosh um yeah what uh what there's had to be some new hobbies you picked up all right so my biggest one is i started researching watches like nice watches <laughs> yeah Right, but I'm I'm too poor to buy nice watches, mm-hmm. so I just started buying these Casios. Yeah, and I like them. They're they're like so cheap though. Uh, but one sec, I'll I'll show you. Yeah, bring it. 
So I got this G-Shock. It's it's like a hundred dollar watch, uh-huh. but then I spent another hundred dollars on a fake uh, AP bracelet. <laughs> so it looks <laughs> it looks expensive, but it's really just a G-Shock. That's, <laughs> that's so funny. Okay, so let's let's get into our question. Let's get into our question of the podcast. The whole thing centered okay. on whether that's good. What is the best advice you have ever received? Ooh, the best advice. Gosh, that's a hard one. I think, like, ultimately, the one piece of advice that I've stuck with and held Mm -hmm. on to, and I feel like it's done the most good for me, Mm -hmm. is somebody said, you you really can't take yourself too seriously. If you want to be doing – if you want to be – in worship, like, especially what we do is so, I mean, we're leading people into a deeper connection with God. Like yeah. it's, it's not just singing songs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I had a buddy tell me real early on, cause I was getting real nervous and mm-hmm. I'd cry after I sang because, Oh, I messed up. Yeah. And he just kept saying, dude, you can't take yourself too seriously. And I, for some reason, it stuck. I heard it when he said it, and I just started like embracing the fact that I mess up. Like, yeah. So this past, even this past week, I had the most hysterical flaw uh, on stage. Like uh-huh. I failed so hard. I was just like trying to hit a note that I shouldn't shouldn't have even tried for. Yeah. And uh, I was the first one to post it online. I was like, everybody needs to see how stupid this is. <laughs> So, yeah, I think that's my biggest advice. It's just don't take yourself too seriously. You don't get angry as much. Mm-hmm. You don't stress out as much. Yeah. You're not crying as much because you're messed up or mm-hmm. I mean that's awesome. Uh, but that's kind of a seven superpower as well. Yeah. Where we're we can reframe anything. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> well, I think that's it's so good and it's so important especially in like a ministry job when it's really not about us at all like leading right. worship or like anything, any way that we're leading someone to, to Christ is there's, it's nothing that we're actually doing. It's only Christ working through right. us. So there's no reason for us to even get mad or get upset or whatever. It's like, right. It might be a cop out, but it just is what I'm, it is. I'm just trusting Jesus. <laughs> like you're just, Hey, I'm just here. <laughs> <laughs> but that's real. That's how I feel like uh-huh. I've tried to live my life. It's just, and I, I think we talked about it on the road, but mm-hmm. the whole way I got into music was I was trying to get a record deal mm-hmm. and got one. And then I felt like God said, don't take it. So then yeah. that started this journey where I got into helping the poor and then accidentally got back into music. Like our sound guy posted the uh, worship from the church service I was leading at on MySpace. And then- wow. Jesus culture recorded songs that I'd written. It just kind of happened. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. Do you feel like, do you feel like since you heard that advice, like, has there been times you felt like you really leaned on it and times you felt like you've been doing really good, like not taking yourself seriously? Oh, uh, yeah. I really, I, really got good at that i don't even think about it anymore i just don't ever take myself seriously and you know we've hung out like 
I'll take I, like I take God things seriously. I mm-hmm. take people seriously, but yeah. I don't take myself seriously. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really I don't feel like I have a hard time doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. I did when I was young, though. Yeah. I mean, it's not an easy thing to get over, yeah. especially when you're living your Christian life on stage. Mm-hmm. And like, it's not like I'm just singing to God at my house by myself, but I do it in front of people. So yeah. I'm always making these like tiny adjustments to seem cooler to them. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, I mean, I got to get rid of all that because yeah. <laughs> that's not helpful to the cause. Yeah. No, that's so good. Well, I, I ask you that because I think about, you know, I'm I'm at camp and I've got, you know, college staff and, you know, that's a real struggle for them and thinking like, am I saying the right things to these kids or like, am I right. leading them in the right way? And I think that that's something so important. I think that you're speaking into of like, you got to make a lot of mistakes before you get oh, yeah. there. And that's totally fine. Like, yeah ideal obviously well, and <laughs> yeah and and the fact that nothing teaches you quicker than a mistake mm-hmm. uh i am a huge fan of giving people space to make big mistakes and honestly i don't like especially in worship world and there there's not a lot of downside unless mm-hmm. you're doing something like horribly like uh morally wrong then I just can't see how you leading the wrong song or saying something stupid in between songs would ever really impact the grand scheme of the kingdom. Right. So that like being able to make mistakes and to just own them and be okay with it. And it doesn't define you. you, You're not going to carry that for the rest of your life. I think that's what I've kind of, and for those that are willing to make mistakes, uh, Especially if you're on my end where you're leading worship and the whole thing train wrecks and you're just like, oh, let's start over. When you do that, the crowd is with you like one million percent. Yeah. In fact, I promise you it helps them worship better because now all of a sudden they're not thinking about the performance of it. Mm-hmm. It's like clearly this guy's not putting on a performance <laughs> because he would he should have practiced if he was. <laughs> Uh, so I, I think it takes all of that weird energy out of the room anyway. So in that aspect, I kind of don't mind playing the fool a little bit, like just being goofy on stage, just so that people kind of like loosen up, just really enter into worship. Yeah. There's an honesty that comes with that because you're exactly right. It takes people from thinking about like, this is a performance like, oh, that's a real person also trying to worship God the best way he can, he can do it. And yeah. and they can better be led in worship in that way. Uh, one thing I was, and I was thinking about when you were saying that, like you have to make a lot of mistakes and you have to own it because every once in a while, if it works out, it could be really cool. And I, oh yeah, and what you were saying about like being, you know, as long as you're not making moral mistakes, it's you're taking risks in the best way. And I mean, you look at the Bible and like those guys are taking risks left and right. And when it worked out, it was super cool. And like that high note, you, right. You said you missed the other day. You would have hit it. (laughs) It would have been epic. It would have been epic. (laughs) But that's like, that's like the weird part about people that come to church is, or that lead a church sometimes is 
like we love sports for what reason it's the not knowing how it's going to work out it's the like the the unknown of it is why we watch sports if we knew who was going to win it'd be stupid yeah so in the same way we love it in a movie someone takes a risk there's no story if people don't risk yeah and and we're so we love this. Like this is all we consume as humans is other people's risk. Like, oh, I want to watch that movie where he risks. Uh-huh. And I think we need to make that switch from enjoying watching other people risk yeah. to just whatever people are doing. Just take the risk. See what happens. Because at the end of the day, I mean, if you work in a bank and you take the risk of like making a joke with someone that walks in – uh, it's out of your comfort zone. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. So I think people need to take more risk, have more fun. Yeah. Just see what the day brings and it's, maybe not organize everything to the second. Especially <laughs> in Christianity when we have the best safety net around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, what is it? What is like, why? What is even this life when we have Christ? <laughs> <laughs> It's this. Yeah. It's uh it's well and and all the people in the Bible, it's like like uh in the Hobbit, it's out of the frying pan and into the fire, like over yeah. and over, but it's the story of redemption. Mm-hmm. It's that yeah, and Jesus says there will be trials. It's yeah. like this stuff happens and mm-hmm. it's how we navigate it that determines, you know, what happens on the other side of it and taking yeah. risk and just failing every now and then mm-hmm. getting back up like yeah. that's the human experience mm-hmm. there's nobody else perfect yeah. but we all think we need to be yeah. i don't know no you're right <laughs> you're right and god's kind of whole thing is redemption so right like why do we expect not to be redeemed when we <laughs> fail like that's kind of the whole thing right <laughs> that's the whole point <laughs> right exactly and i think another point that we can talk about too is allowing other people to fail well and encouraging them in that, you know? Well, and to, to like help them when they do fail. Mm -hmm. And that's why we like, I almost co-lead with someone every time I lead. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, they got my back if I mess up and I got their back. And I don't know, we bring in new people. I'm always like, Hey, like, just go for it. Let's see what happens. Mess (laughs) up if you need to. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it genuinely doesn't hurt the church if somebody sings a bad note on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I think the balance in that, and you can kind of talk about this too, The what's the balance of, you know, not taking yourself too seriously, letting the spirit lead, but also, you know, trying to do things with excellence? Oh, for sure. Um, well, obviously... We're able to do stuff like that because we've practiced for forever. So, um, it like we have the safety net of I I am gonna play the right chords with my hands because they just do that. Mm-hmm. I don't have to think about it. So I, I like in some ways the excellence isn't in the moment of taking a risk. Like the the excellent part isn't in when. Uh, at the Olympics in a few weeks when they all line up on the starting line, that's not where the excellence happens. The excellence happens in them running all the time. And so I think if you're committed, if you've committed your time and life 
to taking energy and thought, learning an instrument well, learning the craft of uh, songwriting or worship leading or carpentry or anything in the world. Then on the back end of that, uh, the when you're actually doing it, I don't think you need to be thinking about the excellent part as much as you should be thinking about like let's make it genuine and real yeah. i don't know <laughs> no that's awesome that's it's right there i heard uh i heard a quote the other day from a pastor it it, it hit me so hard it was about waking praying in the morning and like by reading the morning because i'm the worst morning person ever oh yeah me too and me too <laughs> and one thing he said he said was discipline is not waking up early it's going to bed early and I was like, God, that hit yeah. me. That hit me. Yeah, like, no. How can I? I? And I think that's the same point. The excellence is not like the waking up. The wake. The excellence yeah. is the discipline of going to sleep. And that's the same kind of idea. Is like we we that's think of cool. the big moments as like this is the moment where Christ shines, but it's really in all of the background. Yeah, that Christ works. And that's a really good. I like that. Can I steal it? Yeah. Well, you stole it from another guy. Yeah. I, so I'll steal it from you. I wanna, It'll be fine. I want to say that was J.P. Pecluda who said that. Uh, don't tell me that because I'm just stealing it anyway. Good. Yeah. I don't want to know who, who's no going to be mad at me. I have no idea. I really don't. I just, that's the first name that came to my mind. So, <laughs> Dude, that's actually super cool, though. I love that discipline is going to bed because it really is. Yeah. Dude, I went to New York last week uh-huh. with uh, with another worship leader friend. We were writing songs, yeah. and they got us the tiniest hotel room. And it was me and him sharing this tiny, tiny hotel room with two twin-size size beds side by side, mm-hmm. sharing this tiny hotel room. And we stayed up till 4 or 5 a.m. every day talking like little kids at church camp. Like the five-year-olds you just left, uh-huh. what they're doing, laying in bed, yeah. trying to be quiet, <laughs> just giggling. We did that for three nights straight. <laughs> hey, what time? You would have loved it. That was, that's, yeah, that's ideal. What time do y'all wake up in the morning? Oh, in the like afternoon? 10? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wish it was afternoon. We had to actually be responsible. Uh-huh. That well, I live at church camp, and so that's me every night. <laughs> it's like uh, I, I need to come visit. I tell the council. I want to come visit church camp. Oh, you gotta come! I tell the council. Well, I I like do this whole thing at the beginning. They're all gonna watch this later and be like, "This is what he does every night." We uh, <laughs> I give them this whole speech about going to bed and like going to sleep and not staying up, and then like I like eleven fifteen, lights out. Like they're gotta be in bed there. Left yeah. fifteen, they hit the cabins. I, we, me, <laughs> we turn up the music in the staff room and just like <laughs> we did like fifteen minute dance party, and then we like we go into our conversation. I, I don't think I've been to bed before one since May. So <laughs> amazing! What time do you have to wake up? Um, well. Eight fi- breakfast is at eight fifteen, depending on the week. Between depending on the week, yeah. But eight fifteen is where I try. To but you don't eat breakfast, do you? No. <laughs> no. You just wake up in time to be where you're supposed to go, so people won't be mad at you. Uh huh. Yeah. That's the. That's when I choose to wake up. Uh-huh. Well, that's the thing too. Like, I take a shower, I put my clothes on before I get in bed. So then I just 
I'm just from the time my eyes open to the time I'm supposed to be somewhere, I only need like 45 seconds. <laughs> so, <laughs> dude, I love. I am living the same life. We bought a house like a block from church. Uh-huh. Literally, it's right outside my house. <laughs> And so I wake up at the time sound check's supposed to happen, <laughs> yes. brush my teeth, and I make it to church five minutes late. Uh-huh. Nobody ever says anything. I, I'm living my best life. That's the life. That's the life. <laughs> That's the thing about life is like, how can you, you, there's a lot of things in life you have to sacrifice, but it's setting up your life in a way that you can like enjoy yeah. it. Like it, that you can do that. Yeah. Like, yeah i'm gonna move five i can move in walking distance that way i can do that (laughs) yeah Yeah. and now like you know uh you're probably a lot more responsible now but as a seven when you were younger we like to like double book things we like like, to like completely forget about things or end up in the other side of the world (laughs) when you were supposed to have lunch with someone yes so i that this living so close to church takes like 90% of that pressure away. Cause when I get the text that says, Hey man, where are you? I'm like, I'm on my way. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm there like a minute later. Uh, (laughs) And they're like, Oh, he's totally was on his way. (laughs) Yeah. And and for you, it's even easier. You wear the same outfit every day. So it's not like you got to choose that. I wear the same thing every day. It's so much easier. Life is so much easier. Uh-huh. You wear the same clothes every day. Yep. You just make sure you're clean uh-huh. and dressed and out the door. Yeah. <laughs> That's my setup at at, at Camp Gioka because I've got so every my whole day is so scheduled and like we wear the same clothes every like you know we have like things that so the campers can identify us so like I don't have to think about I don't have to think about what I do, where I go, what clothes I'm gonna wear. I just wake up and just some, and it. just follow the schedule, and then it just ends. <laughs> well, then the schedule <laughs> runs out at eleven fifteen, and then I just go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you just released a new song, "Speak to the Mountains." So let's just talk about that process <clears throat> then too. Like, what led you to write that? How long has it been in the works? Oh, dude. Um, so at the beginning of 2020, uh, we had a little writing camp uh, just with church people from around the U.S., mostly churches. It wasn't like a cool, hip camp, but uh, there were a lot of cool people there. It just wasn't the typical Nashville, like, cool kids club. Mm-hmm. But um, we sat down and wrote this song. The whole goal was to – I don't know a nice way to say it. I just wanted a song – that was like a big middle finger song to the devil. Yeah. Like this year sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Just a song that's like, no. And, and we sat down, I kind of had that vision for where I wanted the song to go. And then we just started talking about how, like, I mean, people are facing these things and they're like, they're stuck in their own like fear or, the unknown and it was just like let's give people just remind people that god is bigger and better mm-hmm. and stronger and greater than your mountains yeah and so the way the song is framed up is it's like uh i won't be shaken i won't be moved because my god is faithful 
and his promises are true. So I speak to the mountains. It's time to move. So it's like just kind of a big uh, spiritual middle finger, not an actual uh, bad one, but just like, uh, Uh just, hey, devil, my God's bigger than you. Like my dad's bigger than you type playground stuff. I think, uh, and they let me put a choir on it, which oh, makes me happy. Yes, <laughs> I think that is like that is perfect, and that is perfect twenty twenty. And to go back to what we were talking about before about failing and like being okay with failure. I mean, that song like says it perfectly of like saying like, okay, this sucks, like this is terrible, but yeah. our God will redeem us. He is faithful. Yeah, every he's time. faithful. He is faithful every time. There's always, always hope. And because of that hope, we can say, no big deal. Like, yeah, this is terrible in the moment. We can, like, be honest about that. But we know it's going to get better. It will get better. Yeah. Hopefully it gets better this year. It may be a long time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It may take a long time. (laughs) But at least it's there. Yeah. Oh, man, that's so good. Yeah. Um, What? Okay. So, like, when you say, like, writing camp just because I'm very interested in that. Like, how does that kind of get started and how do people find out and, like, how does that work? Well, typically, like, uh, this one was put together by Capital, mm-hmm. who um, is my record label. And they also have, like, Passion and uh, Hillsong and uh, a lot of the big, like, main church things. So <clears throat> Jesus Culture, they work with my church. So... Um, they were like, Hey, would you guys be willing to write with churches everywhere? So a lot of us that live in town or the elevation guys came in and we just wrote for church instead of writing for Christian radio or Christian audiences, but like, Hey, what's going to work at your church? Let's try and make that song. So that's how that one worked. Capital put it together and people flew in from all over to Nashville and we just went to people's houses and wrote once in the morning, once in the afternoon. And I think I got, I got one song out of that. Sometimes you leave with a few, sometimes you don't get any, I mean, it's, I mean, songwriting's not an exact, it's not a sport for science. You're not, it's like all just, maybe it'll work. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) How many, like how many songs did you reject? Oh gosh. I wrote so many songs this past year. Uh, well in the year before we, my goal is always to write like upwards of 50, ideally a hundred. And then we keep 10 of them. Yeah. And it's not that the rest are bad songs. It's just that, um, well, back to the excellence thing. If you write every day or twice a week or whatever, Mm -hmm. then at the end of that time, if you take the best of those, then that's a representation of real excellence. And so, yeah, that's what, and I call them orphan songs. I've got lots of songs that no one will ever hear. I call them orphan songs. And we're actually... I just started this new thing where I'm trying to get songwriters to buy into the idea that what we do as worship leaders and worship songwriters needs to be anchored to the poor. So what if we figured out a way to use some of these orphan songs to actually help orphans? 
So I've been tossing that idea around, and I would not be surprised if in a couple of years, me and a bunch of your favorite worship people put out a song with uh, never released songs that are orphan songs, and it just goes to get kids' homes. Yeah, that's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it'll be cool. That's so cool. That is so cool. And that's, I think that's something in in talking about like the excellence and even going back to the best advice of not taking yourself too seriously. Like you, you're just writing for the enjoyment and just letting God use, you know, use what it is. And now you've got this potential thing of all these like things that, what you would define as like failure of like not you know it didn't make the cut now going into something that is going to be changing lives in ways you would never have thought of when you created that in the first place yeah music and that's one thing that i just i can't relate to it all i can't i've never been able to like (laughs) i don't know anything about music i can't hear it i don't know i'm like it's my cousin is a he was a songwriter for a while and he would he would say i'm like i'm like the worst the worst customer i'm like the person who like only <laughs> likes pop <laughs> like like whatever is like on the radio whatever is like mainstream like that's what i'm into <laughs> well to be fair, that's me too. And that's so weird. Nobody else gets it. Yeah. I'm always like to my kids, I'm like, there's a reason why this music is more fun. Yeah. It's like they picked what's the most fun song to put on the radio. Uh-huh. And it was that one. So I like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. What's the one with uh, Dua Lipa and Baby, the levitating? I love that song. I love song. that song. <laughs> You want me? He I want you, baby. baby. <laughs> My sugar <laughs> boo. I'm levitating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. Oh, that's so. I love it. Uh huh. Yeah, I, it makes me so happy. At first, I was like, and I love Ariana Grande. Oh, I think she's awesome. Totally. I love all of them. Yeah. At first, like I was like, oh well, like I guess I'm not cool enough to like be into all this like indie stuff. Now I'm like, no shame. I'm just into it. Like. Bring it. Yeah. If it's, no, if it's got like a good it. beat, I'm into it. <laughs> Lyrics, whatever. Bring it. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. Just make me dance. <laughs> That's real. Uh, man, this has been Yay! This has been an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for being on. I'm so honored to have been the host this week. I'm so glad for Sadie allowing me to do this. So glad we could connect. I'm so happy we got to reconnect. Yeah. This is fun. We should hang out whenever you're in town or Oh, totally. If I'm ever in your town. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna come to your camp someday. Good. Hey. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> hey, next time next time Sadie's off uh off of the podcast for a month, we'll get on and we'll have Whoa That's Good. Oh John Luke Chris part two. <laughs> yes. Yes. Awesome. I'll help you co host. Yes. It'll be amazing. Yeah, let's do it. We won't get anything done. No. But <laughs> we'll love We're it. way past time already. <laughs> and we'll just keep going. <laughs> They're changing the values of the cameras. <laughs> and we're just amazing. All right, awesome. dude. All right, man. Have a great day. 